Good morning, everybody, and welcome to our program this morning. It's uh, at least where I am, cloudy, cold morning. I don't know what it is where you are. I think it varies across the state. I have not had time this morning to check the weather. It's just been kind of a chaotic day in our family. There's a lot going on. I'll explain in eight days. Um, Don't want to talk about it right now, but I will tell you that uh, wherever you are, there's a pretty good chance that you have uh, local elections going on right now. Uh, early voting, and I encourage you to go out and vote in the early, uh, in the uh, local elections. They always get 10 or 15 percent of the turnout, and that's really tragic because you impact things so much more in local elections than you do in the national. You're, you're one 150 millionth. It's like the lottery. Oh, my goodness. Uh, in, in big national elections, it's important. It's every bit as important. But when you get down to the local elections, you might be one five hundredth of that outcome or one two thousandth of that outcome, and that's a lot more important uh, because that's that's your kids or that's your city council or that's your county commissioner or whatever. So go vote. Go vote. Um, and go call. Call me. Need some calls. Jared Taylor's running the phones and... Uh, running the boards and running my life for the next hour, really. Frankly, if he says, Neil, you're doing this or that, I hear him. I, I listen to him over, over you, in fact. He outranks you. <laughs> Don't take that personally. But if he says, Neil, you're not on the air, I'm going to hear him before I hear you tell me that. Uh, so anyway, 888-256-1080. I need to get off that, uh, off that direction right now. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Here's what we'll talk about. We'll talk about your landscape, your lawn, your houseplants, your fruit and flower and vegetable garden, anything urban horticulture. Uh, and, and if you live in the country and you have a landscape, I'm happy to talk about that. What I just don't want to get into is chicken and goats and things because I don't know anything about those. That's not my, not my specialty. Pasture grasses, don't know those. That was my dad's specialty with Texas A&M, but I didn't pay attention. I was out there while he was using herbicides to kill weeds that were toxic to livestock. I was out there digging up the weeds that were pretty and that I wanted to take home and, and grow. I, I'd dig them up before he'd spray them. <laughs> so anyway, so that uh, Texas mountain laurel being a good example of that. Um. 888-256-1080. I don't think I can give the phone number often enough because we need some calls. Love to hear from you. 888-256-1080. It's the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. I've been doing this program for about 35 years now this way, and we had a recorded program for a while before that, but we went live across the whole state, and I thought, oh, this is going to be interesting. Uh, summertime. Uh, not so challenging because things are about the same across Texas in the summer. But uh, in the spring, it still can be very cold in the Panhandle while it's very warm in South Texas. We have 30-some stations that carry the program, and it does vary. In wintertime, it can go to 10 below zero, as you well know, in Amarillo, uh, where our program is carried. And it can be uh, 35 or 40 on that same day, or 50 in Corpus Christi, where our program is carried. So those are more challenging times, but I enjoy doing it very much. So give me a call from the Big Bend to the Sabine River, from the Rio Grande north to uh, the Panhandle. 888-256-1080. One of the things that I will tell you, oh, I was about to tell you, and it's going to 
Yep, it's. I I knew it would happen. It's the first call up, and we'll just. I'll leave it for that. I'll get my first uh, break out of the way, and uh, we'll just go to that call because that was something I was going to tell you is being asked everywhere I go. Everywhere I go, it's uh, the question of the of the week of the month uh, of April. So I'll just save that. It has to do with St. Augustine. Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening might be the only gardening reference book you will need to be successful here in Texas. And I've said that for a little while now, and I think people are beginning to say, you know, he's right. And they're buying it as a second book for a friend or a relative. Makes a, a great Mother's Day gift. Let's see. I can, I can get it. Let's see. Yeah, I can get it there by Mother's Day. That's two weeks away. I can do that. I've been tied up on some other things, and I kind of lose track with where I am on the calendar. Well, we can certainly do that. So if you'd like to do that, just get the order in right away. There are two ways you can order it. It's not in stores, not on Amazon. You need to order it from my website or call my office early this coming week, Monday preferably. And uh, this is the book that has 344 pages and 840 of my photographs. 840 uh, was a lifetime of work that went into this book and and about 10 or 15 years worth of photographs that went into this book it covers every aspect of outdoor gardening chapter one is the basics of gardening in texas things you need to know to get you started chapter two is a calendar of when to plant prune fertilize and spray all of your plants in your landscaping garden 48 pages of information there that'll keep you right on track of when you do everything Chapters 3 through 11 are comprehensive chapters on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, and then really long chapters and detailed chapters on annuals and perennials, lawns, and fruit and vegetables. All of that in one hardback book printed right here in Texas. It's like an encyclopedia all right there at your fingertips. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. Now, for a limited time, I have a special price on it. I've reduced it to thirty-six ninety-five. That was the price of the fifth printing. The sixth printing is is higher, but I've brought it back down to the fifth printing price just to just to help everybody in some tough economic times. So, if you want to get that sale price, call or order online right away. It's a limited time sale price. Satisfaction is guaranteed. You'll be getting a signed copy. I sign on Sunday nights and Monday. We'll get them right in the mail to you. And like I say, for Mother's Day, you need to order right away. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening, available, and uh, that's at neilsperry.com. I'll spell it for you in just a moment. Or call my office Monday through Friday, business hours, 800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769. But the better way, as I mentioned, is at N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. The 1930s were difficult times for America. The country was in the Great Depression. Jobs were scarce, but hopes remained high. It was during that time that Mueller started making metal products. Now here we are more than 90 years later, and the name Mueller has become known across the South as having the finest in quality steel and workmanship. Mueller and its products understand what it means to weather the storm. A Mueller metal roof is made to last and protect you and your most valued possessions from the harsh weather we've become accustomed to in our area. A Mueller metal roof can endure the intense sun, the heavy rain, hail, and snowstorm for years to come. That's a lot longer than a conventional roof. 
If you want peace of mind for the future, choose a metal roof for your home, a roof that's made by Mueller. Visit MuellerInc.com to learn more and to find a location near you. You'll see why a Mueller metal roof is the best thing to put over your head. Give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER, M-U-E-L-L-E-R. That's 877-268-3553. Or stop by one of their 33 locations. They're Mueller. They're made in America. And they are made to last. MuellerInc.com. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly Robinson, thank you, sir. And let me give that number one more time just to reinforce it. It is 888-256-1080. If you can hear me, you can call me toll-free. 888-256-1080. We are live on this Saturday morning, last Saturday of, uh, of April. Give me a call right now. Let's go to Jeff in Roundtop. First call up this morning. Beautiful little Roundtop. Jeff, how can I help you? Yes, sir. Uh, the St. Augustine I have in my yard, it has uh, yellowing spots uh, intermittent throughout. And the native uh, ryegrass, Bermuda grass, all the other grasses uh, intermixed in between it are fine. But the St. Augustine specifically is having yellow troubles. What am I lacking? You're not lacking anything, probably roots as much as anything on the St. Augustine. That is a disease that has become... I don't know that I want to use the word epidemic, but it's getting kind of close. Uh, it's called take-all root rot or take-all patch. Uh, the pathologists uh, generally refer to it as T-A-R-R or take-all root rot. If you will Google that, you'll see a lot of references to it. And uh, I had a story on it in my electronic newsletter two weeks ago, and then I mentioned it again this week and, and put a link in back to that story. It is a... Um, a disease that is uh, uh, quite common in April and May. As of the last 25 or 30 years, Jeff, we didn't I didn't know anything about this disease until the mid-90s. And then suddenly it began to become a, a problem. It is more common, not exclusively, but more common in alkaline soils. It is more common in shaded areas and is more common in poorly draining soils. If you get all of those combined, then, then the grass is really vulnerable. And I don't know that there's any difference. Uh, I, I don't know that I've ever seen a study between different varieties of St. Augustine, but uh, it seems to attack all of them. But one thing that I've noticed in the last couple of years is that I'm getting more and more calls from people and, and questions to my Q&A columns. Uh, from people who are not in alkaline soils, who are, you know, East Texas, South Texas, where the soils are acidic or neutral, and they have take-all root rot also. When you look across the lawn uh, without ryegrass and without Bermuda, it's just a, a St. Augustine lawn, you'll see just kind of washes of yellow. They, they may be the size of a card table or a dinner table, and then there'll be some bright green, normal-looking St. Augustine, and then more yellow, and then green is just blotchy-looking. Like a patchwork yes, quilt. Yeah. Sporadic. Yeah, it is. And and the way you described it is just perfect. Probably the best description any, any caller ever had. Uh, if you pull on some of those yellowed runners, uh, my guess would be that you'll find some very short, dark, very dark roots that look like they have been rotted. And um, I have a good pathology friend, pathologist friend, 
retired now, who said, Neil, you can see the whatever it is, mycelia or whatever, uh, with a hand lens. Well, he can, I can't, but anyway, he tried to talk me into seeing him, and I, I said, well, maybe so, or a, or a magnifying glass, uh, but uh, I'll, I'll just pass that along. Maybe you can. I, I have good glasses, and I still couldn't see them, but they're apparently pretty visible to the plant pathologist. Um, but that's what it is. The original, uh, the original remedy for it, Jeff, uh, back when it was first identified, was to put peat moss across the lawn, an inch of peat moss, sphagnum peat moss, out of bales, because it is very acidic. And if that acidic layer was put on top of the grass, it was almost like putting nitrogen on your lawn. The grass just greened up and said, thank you, that's great, because the disease was suppressed but it would come back after a year or two. It, it was a temporary fix for the problem. And more recently, there is a fungicide now that is in the marketplace that will uh, give you better control of the disease. It doesn't just suppress it, but kills the disease. Um, I don't know that it's perfect yet. We still have a problem, but it's azoxystrobin. And I'll cut to the chase. I think it's still only available as Halt's Disease X out of the Scots line. Uh, H-A-L-T-S. Okay. I, I never give plugs to to uh, products, whether they're advertisers or not advertisers, uh, but because that's the only product that has it, I might as well just mention that to save you the frustration. Uh, and, and so that's uh, uh, Zoxystrobin, and it is available in some commercial products that lawn care companies have access to. If, if okay. You start if you start entering uh, take all root rot a z o x it's going to fill the rest of the sentence out for you <laughs> i'll but do just that that's what it is so i Thanks. i appreciate your call yeah and i gave you the long answer because the next 14 calls i would have had would have been the same question so i might as well go ahead and put it all out there have a great day Good in round top thank you thank you very much it's a charming community. All right, and uh, so everybody was waiting to see what I had to say on that one, and now the lines are all empty, and we can talk about anything else. <laughs> I hope you'll call. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Call me right now, won't you, please? A couple of things I'm going to uh, mention to you. If you have cabbage or broccoli or any of the uh, coal crops, if they're being chewed just full of holes, that's uh, cabbage loopers, and you need to get Bacillus thuringiensis, BT, out on them right away and uh, stop the cabbage loopers. If you have uh, sweet corn and you're trying to stop corn earworm from getting into the ears, you need to uh, uh, you need to put a, 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 oh, maybe half an eyedropper of uh, mineral oil on the silks after they uh, are out for about five or six days you just put it right down at the base of the silks and that will that will uh, preclude the uh, corn earworms from getting into the uh, ear and eating the kernels it's a, an interesting thing and probably the first uh, uh, pest control uh, method i ever learned as a as a child i i must not have been more than about six or seven and uh, that is a very organic control. My mother taught me that one. My mom didn't teach me much about gardening. My dad did. Uh, he was the, the botanist at A&M. Actually, my uncle was the botanist. My dad was range management, but his degree was botany also. Both of them graduated from the University of Nebraska with PhDs in botany. So uh, anyway, uh, that, that mineral oil thing was learned a long time ago, and it has not been improved on.
So uh, anyway, that's uh, that's a, a tip for you if you have a vegetable garden. And uh, that's that's enough to get us started. Let me tell you about an advertiser that I'm really proud to have aboard. Uh, this is a company that's been around all the time that I've been involved in gardening, uh, which uh, was uh, I started with a, a nursery in my backyard when I was in high school, and uh, Fertilome. Fertilome was big then, and Fertilome is big now. And one of the reasons that they are big is because they are sold only to and by uh, independent retail garden centers and feed stores and hardware stores, independent companies, businesses. Uh, don't beat around the bush when it comes to fertilizing your trees and shrubs. They need at least two feedings a year, one in the fall, one in the spring, and you're there now. This is the time to apply your Fertilome tree and shrub food. Fertilome tree and shrub food contains 19-8-10 fertilizer analysis and five micronutrients. This unique formulation contains a penetrating action that does the rest of the work for you by moving the fertilizer down from the drip line into the feeder roots. That means no need for digging holes and that's good news for you. This uh, tree and shrub food is formulated for all types of trees and shrubs, including shade trees, fruit trees, nut trees, evergreens, even for those of you in South Texas, citrus and tropical trees. One of the greatest things about the makers of Fertilome is, and as I mentioned, they are dedicated to supporting local retailers. All of their products, including tree and shrub food, can only be found in independently owned garden centers, feed stores, and hardware stores. To find your closest Fertilome dealer, go to Fertilome, F-E-R-T-I-L-O-M-E dot com and click Find a Dealer. Packaged in the green bag, it's Fertilome Tree and Shrub Food. It gets your trees and shrubs off to a great start for this gardening year. Fertilome Tree and Shrub Food. I'll be back with more after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. Again, 888-256-1080. Appreciate uh, your calling if you're interested in talking plants. Uh, write a note here. I record all my calls and the topics. Let's go to Barron in College Station. Barron, this is Neil. Good morning. Uh, Neil, good morning from College Station. Yes, sir. Uh, I have a, a client that has called because we're still planting a lot of trees. Uh, and the trees grow, and he's in Lee County over outside of Giddings. But you talked in a program in, a couple of years ago about on the bare spots under our trees that no longer get enough sunlight to grow uh, our warm-season perennial grasses. You recommended a plant that could be planted uh, that didn't take a whole lot of uh care and it didn't get very tall and that was straggler daisy or the common horse herb that's native here in texas and what i was wanting to know is, is this written uh the care and the planting of the straggler daisy is that in your book or can you direct me to uh, a resource and then secondly is the horse herb for sale commonly in our nurseries baron that would not have been my recommendation that would have been some other talk show host probably <laughs> and the reason i say that is that uh i have grown it um and i can't get rid of it it's all over my landscape now um, absolutely I, 
I was not terribly happy with it because it dies to the ground in the winter and you have mud for five months a year in the north, uh, in north central Texas, outside Dallas where I live. Um, and, and so that I found to be kind of disconcerting. And then the fact that it came up in every bed that I had in my yard. The, the, the area that I have it now is probably 300, 400 feet from where I originally planted the one bed. Um, it's in turf, and I'm going to have to spray the St. Augustine, which I don't like to do to get rid yep. of it. It is gaining ground on it. Uh, it is sold. I have a friend who's a grower, and he grows it for a couple of native plant uh, uh, people, but he is retiring, and this will be his last spring to have it. I don't know if he even has it this year. He, the, the native plant sale has passed, and so I don't know if he has any more. But he had, he had all he wanted under beneath his benches. Um, but yep. I would think that would be well, a source to be your native plant uh, growers. Well, and since it's been a couple of years, uh, what is our current recommendation for people uh, in the post oak savannah and the Blackland Prairie uh, areas for planting something that will give them a ground cover and, and under a tree, more shade tolerant, uh, but still helps them hold their soil in place. All right, and this is in a in a fairly nice landscape, or is this in a big? Yes, rural very. Area? It's, this is yeah. This is a, a suburban. Uh, All right, what I have used in my own landscape, Baron. What yeah. I have used in my own landscape. We we live in a suburban area. I have eleven acres, but we're outside uh, outside McKinney, and I have used uh, regular mondo grass because I like the way it holds the soil. We have a couple of areas that slope very dramatically and go into a creek, and I was having some erosion problems, and it stopped that in a heartbeat. I planted it closely. It's also easy to clean because there are no runners involved, um, and it is very tolerant of the of the uh, uh, of the uh, shade, and it actually is very tolerant of everything except this past winter's ice. It did uh, in North Texas. It did freeze it back a bit, but I was out looking at it early this morning, and it's coming back pretty well. Uh, that's the only time in in 45 years of having probably half an acre of it that I've had any damage at all to speak of, and it isn't significant. That's my choice. Uh, but I also have several beds of purple winter creeper. Uh, the only drawback there is the the runners, and it's hard to get pecan leaves out of it because they snag. Uh, I have okay. Persian. I have Persian ivy, which looks like Algerian ivy. Algerian ivy is uh, uh, is very very pretty, but uh, it's winter hardy only Houston right along the coast. Uh, Persian ivy is is quite unusual, quite hard to find. Uh, Hedra colchica is the is the species, and uh, for a long time I grew it and sold it as a fundraiser for uh, Serenity High, a recovery high school here. And all the proceeds went to that, but I, I quit doing that. I just didn't have the wherewithal. Um, so there there are things in your uh, last year's book and this year's book about mondo grass. Oh, there are photos. Uh, yeah, it's I think page. I don't have the book here near me, somewhere nearby. I'm at my office. Our internet went out at my home. Um, but uh, I think it's page 99, 143. That's within a page or so is our backyard showing uh, the use of Mondo grass. And uh, so. Okay, and now for me, uh, an, uh, a range guy, how do you spell Mondo grass? M-O-N-D-O. 
M-O-N-D-O. Okay. It's a plant with about nine names, monkey grass, mondo grass, ophiopogon. But I always specify to people, I'm not talking about dwarf. Dwarf is, is a disaster. It's too slow. Uh, it dies out. It's just not, not my choice. But regular mondo grass is affordable. It's, you know, I space it about eight inches apart checkerboard. And um, uh, I propagate my own now. After you get enough of it started, you can go around the edge of it and dig it and propagate your own. So that's and so out of those three uh, things that you've recommended, then in, in uh, general care and cleanup uh, and raking up the live oak leaves and the post oak leaves, uh, the Mondo grass is going to be the best one. It's the with easiest less- because you can put a blower through it and, and clean it very easily. Um, and I didn't recommend the Persian ivy because you can't find it. I, I like it okay. and I have it, but but you can't find it, so it's a futile recommendation. But the other two are fine. In- English ivy can work if you have good drainage. Um, Liriope, if you want something tall, there, there are several ferns that are good. Some of them, however, are also deciduous. Uh, as far south as you are, if you want something quite tall, Aspidistra is nice. Uh but I'm I'm good with what I recommended and what what I like now. Yeah. If I, I would if if I were a landscape designer or landscape architect, I wouldn't want every one of my landscapes to look exactly the same, and that would get very boring. Right. But I'm happy with simplicity, and in in this case, I use shrubs and other architectural things for difference in the mondo grass. The mondo grass is the carpet, and I don't feel like I the carpet in my house needs to be where I set my style. You know, I can do that with furniture. I don't want to do it with the carpet, and the same is true in my landscape. Yeah. Well, then, then I'll relate. After all the rain that we got yesterday, now we're standing water under post oak trees, and so is the mondo grass uh, adapted to standing in water for a couple of days? Yeah, it's as adapted as those post oak trees are. <laughs> they're picky. Excellent. Yeah, they're fine. And you don't yeah, have to do a lot of... I remember in 1985, we had a big post oak die off here because they drowned. No oxygen getting well, to the root system. 2011, you had a big post oak die off uh, because of the, the biblical drought. I came to the <laughs> funeral then, and speak at a yes, funeral, and, and I saw it happening. So anyway, yes, well, yes, I hope I helped. Sorry I didn't no. get you called back. I just... I, I no, a, Neil, I, I certainly appreciate it, and uh, this is going to be good information for me to share uh, with the landowner, and I appreciate your time and all that you do on the show. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Take care. All right. We will uh, come back to Michael in Bryan. He has a tree with some branches that are dying, and uh, we'll do that right after this uh, message. The uh, book that Baron was referring to is uh, Lone Star Gardening. I wanted to self-publish this book, um, and the reason for that was I had written four other books, and uh, one of them I labeled as Complete Guide to Texas Gardening. And I could have used that title because I had the publishing rights to it, but it went through a publishing house, and then that, that company sold it to a company in another state, and I just didn't didn't have any relationship there, and I didn't want to go through that. And the other, anyway, it's just they were all dead ends, and I didn't want to go through that agony again. And so I said, you know, other than having to pay for everything ahead of time, 
I think self-publishing would be good. And I've loved this experience because I got to pick Carolyn Skye as my editor, somebody I already knew and had worked with, and uh, Cindy Smith as my graphic designer. She's just fabulous, and she's been wonderful to work with. And the three of us did. I did all the editorial and took all but one of the photos. We had a call from Roundtop earlier, and the one photo I didn't take, Carolyn took in Roundtop. It's back in the in the vegetable chapter. It's the herb photo. It's a beautiful photo. But the other 840 are mine. <laughs> so anyway, 11 chapters. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening in Texas, the soils, the climate, things like that that, that apply to all the other chapters. Chapter 2 is the calendar of when do you plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all the plants you're growing. It tells you month by month, 12 uh, months, 4 pages per month, 48 pages. Then chapters 3 through 11 are very comprehensive chapters on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. Uh, It's everything I have learned in a lifetime. It took a year to write the book and get it all put together for you. It's a hardback printed in Texas on high-quality paper. I didn't want to have it printed in China. I wanted to go to the press checks and make sure that it was printed exactly as I dreamed, and it is. Now, for a limited time, I've reduced the price to just thirty-six ninety-five to help in these economic times. And that's a, a, a good savings for you. Your satisfaction is completely guaranteed, or I'll give you all of your money back, no questions asked. 78,000 copies sold to date, and not one request for a refund. I sign each copy as it sells, and I get them right in the mail to you. They're sitting in my garage waiting to be signed right now. It's a climatically controlled greenhouse garage with a very good air conditioning unit that we put in especially for the for the books. So if you'd like to get one of them, here is the way. It's not in stores, not on Amazon. You buy it from my office. Either call my office Monday through Friday, 800-752-4769, that's 800-752-GROW, G-R-O-W. Or the better way is just order it from my website right now, neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. Thank you, Kelly, very much. 888-256-1080. That's what he said. That's the number. Give a call now. And we go back to the phone lines. Let's go to Michael in Bryan. Michael, this is Neil. Good morning. Howdy. Hi. How are you doing today? I am quite well. How much rain did you guys get yesterday? Uh, a whole bucket load. <laughs> it just That's... came down. Uh, you know, just you, you, you couldn't walk through it. And we got some hail, too. It wasn't too bad, but we got some hail. Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, our grandson is in school at A&M, and his girlfriend sent a photo from where she works, and it, it looked pretty bad. Yeah, it, it, it blew through. The old wall cloud rolled over, and it changed from uh, almost day to night. It was pretty, pretty wild. Wow. But uh, not a lot of damage, to my knowledge. At least I haven't heard of nothing. That's, I'm fine at my house. That's good. Well, we had our uh, class reunion, uh, as I've just mentioned in this hour i live in in the dallas fort worth area we had uh, i went to AM consolidated we had our class reunion uh-huh. uh during hurricane harvey <laughs> oh, oh my it, that was a 17 or 18 inches of rain and the hotel we were staying in 
uh, we were on the on the ground floor, and the roof leaked on the sixth floor, and and the water was just pouring into the ground floor. It was it was dreadful. So uh, yes, <laughs> yeah. Hurricane Carla came through when I was still in school in high school, or maybe at A and M, and and uh, that was. I, I remember, but I think Harvey was a bunch worse. So anyway, well, how can I help you today? Yes, uh, I have a birch tree that is on the south side of my house at the corner. And the cold snap that we had last winter that lasted oh, about a week and a half, mm-hmm. looks like it's killed a bunch of the of the limbs on the outside end of them, edge of them. And it's only putting out about a third of the leaves that it normally does. Looks like it's going to die. How can I keep it from dying? Okay. I have a question for you, and I'm holding up in my on my ten fingers. I'm holding up a number of fingers. How old is this tree in your yard? Um, I just have to guess. I'd say about nine years, eight, okay. eight or nine years. That's older than I thought. I I had three fingers up. I figured it was less than three, <laughs> three or four years old. They don't live very long in in as as far west as you are. They don't like the conditions. It's just it's. I know this is going to sound odd after our conversation, but they don't like the uh, the temperature and they don't like the low humidity. It wasn't the cold. They they can handle the cold. They grow in the north. What they can't handle is the high temperature in the summer and the low humidity. And in parts of Texas, not, not Brazos County, but in parts of Texas, the alkaline soils. You, you think about how few birch trees you see around Brazos County, around Bryan College Station or anywhere else other than East Texas. You just don't see them. They're just not happy uh-huh. with the conditions. And so I think probably last summer and the heat and the drought probably weakened it so much, and then it just didn't have the oomph to come out much this spring. I don't think the winter was what did it. it the winter hurt a oh, lot of okay. other plants, but I don't think it hurt your birch tree. Yeah, it wiped out my sawgrass. Yeah. Yeah, the the winter okay, did a so, lot of damage to a lot of plants, but but I think in the long term it wasn't a matter of uh, uh, if it will survive; it was when it will not survive. That's oh, okay. So yeah, I, I maybe I'll just sort of cut it down. I well, I can't see it, but my guess would be that eventually you'll get to that point. Yeah. Okay. I, well, it's about twenty foot tall and three feet above the ground, probably nine or ten inches in diameter at the trunk. And well, it looks done. like it's putting out putting out the, the leaves toward the center of the tree and not at the edges. Wow. Well, you've done better than, than most that I that I observe. Uh, I just okay. shudder when I see them being recommended for, for landscapes anywhere other than East Texas, way east. Uh, you've you've driven from okay, well, you've driven from Bryan straight toward Huntsville or straight toward uh, any of the East Texas towns, and you see how quickly things change when you go east. But, uh, yeah, that's pine country. Uh, it is. Okay, my well, dad, I, I my dad co-founded the Range and Forestry Department. And I always, I'd, I'd ask him, how come they can do things thirty miles from here that we can't do? And he explained to me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Okay, but so I, assuming it doesn't doesn't make it, what should I replace it with? Well, what are you trying to accomplish? How tall? How wide? What look? Well, that's right on the dining room window, and um, like I said, it's on uh, on the south side. So I want to try to get uh, some shade. All right. So you want something that is uh, twenty feet tall or taller? Well, yeah, yeah. yeah I've got a couple of uh, water oaks on the site, but they're they're eighty plus and they're dying. 
when I got one left. I lost three of those, unfortunately, over the course of the last three or four years. So I don't think I want to put another oak there. Wow, that's unusual. Um, all right. Well, your your best trees would be Chinese pistachio. Um, if you want a large tree, Chinese pistachio. Uh, also, uh, uh, I'd I'd sure be tempted to plant a uh, uh, well, take a little bit longer for it to grow, but uh, southern magnolia. I'd buy a larger uh, tree to start with to get a little head start on it. But uh, they're, okay. they're beautiful, and there are some very pretty magnolias. I'd keep it out away from the house a ways. You wouldn't have it as close as you would plant a birch. Um, okay. So that now, There's be, some magnolias in the neighborhood, so I know that'll do well. Yeah, it'll and do when well, I, when I bought and they're beautiful. House, and when I bought that house, that tree was there, and it's about 10 feet from that window. Is that too close? Uh, that's way too close for magnolia. Yes, sir. it needs to be 15 or 20 feet out. Now, if you want something close, you could go with Little Gem, G-E-M. Little Gem is a dwarf oh. magnolia. It'll get 30 feet tall and uh, 20 feet wide. It has smaller leaves. Um, okay. It, it's a, a standard magnolia look. I'm going to have to get one last break in here in a second, but that would be a good possibility for you. Um uh, if you if you want a standard size magnolia, you go out farther, and uh, and you could use okay. that. Okay, um, that's good to know. Cedar elm would be another possibility, but be sure if you're planting an elm that it's cedar elm, not lace bark elm. Yeah, I, I got elms elms growing up like weeds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but those are those are your candidates. A lot of people are liking the the Chinese pistachio very much. They do uh, tend to produce seeds. Some of them the the uh, seed seedlings will come up, but they're easily removed. So, and and that not all the trees okay. are, are female. Hopefully, that'll help, Michael. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. You Thank have yourself you. a wonderful day. Well, same to you. Thanks very much. Neil Sperry's eGardens is my free electronic newsletter. It comes from my computer to your email on Thursday nights a little after 6 p.m. There always are five stories in eGardens. One of them is a featured plant of the week. And uh, one of them is, uh, one of the stories is Gardening This Weekend, where I point out the things that you need to do in your landscape and garden that weekend. One of the stories is our greatly expanded Q&A section, where I answer readers' questions, and then a couple of other stories of random and, and uh, varying interests. So I hope you'll sign up for eGardens. As I say, it is free, and it always will be. I've been doing it for 19 years now, and uh, people tell me they enjoy that as much as anything that I do. So I hope you'll take a look. You can see it and then subscribe all at the same place. You go to my website. That's neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, and click on the eGardens tab. Take a look. I think you'll say, hey, I do want some of that. You just sign up for it, and it'll come to you every Thursday. Why should you pay every month for a temporary storage facility when you can own a Mueller building? Mueller's backyard buildings are easy to assemble. They're affordable, and they offer a permanent storage solution right there in your own backyard. With a variety of sizes available and more than 30 colors from which to choose, their backyard building kits complement any home or landscape. 
And if your equipment requires even more storage space, Mueller's Standard Series buildings are ready to go to work for you. They're fabulous. From workshops to big barns, these pre-engineered bolt-together buildings come in a variety of size and color options. You can also visit them online by going to the website MuellerInc.com. M-U-E-L-L-E-R. INC.com. You get a free customized building estimate. And while you're there, click on their color selector tool. It makes choosing the perfect combination of colors an easy decision. To find out more about Mueller Steel Buildings and Metal Roofing, call 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553. Or you can visit them online at MuellerInc.com. Mueller means more. It means steel buildings for permanent storage. MuellerInc.com. I'll have more after this message. All right, I guess we are ready to roll here and out of time, and I've yacked my way right up to the end of the program. I appreciate you all. I hope you have a great week. As I mentioned earlier, if you have local elections, please go vote. Jared Taylor, nice job on this. I'll be back next week, same time. Thanks for listening. Happy gardening.